Day 10. Silence. I'm always a bit suspicious when people say they like silence. After all, I'm in the business of writing and talking and talking and writing, and anyone who says they prefer silence might be telling me to shut up. Perhaps they're right. In any case, many people are by nature introverted. They renew and restore their inner energy by being quiet and alone. That's just how they are. Fair enough. The extroverts among us, who renew and restore our energy by being with other people, may then be tempted to regard silence as an introvert's luxury, a way of escaping from the real world as perceived by us, in which talk and music and human company is what we want. The first time I had a sabbatical from my teaching job and I was able to spend all day in a room without seeing anyone, I found that by mid-afternoon I physically needed to go out on the street and find a cafe and sit and read or write with all the city life going on around me. So silence in itself isn't either a good thing or a bad thing. But perhaps there are different kinds of silence. For some, the silence they crave is simply the absence of sound. But I suspect there is another kind, the silence that is framed by love and that enables that love to be enjoyed and deepened. I first really appreciated that sense of framed silence when I was a college chaplain in Oxford. That was a busy job full of words and music and more words, but every Thursday evening we had a late service, a Eucharist, at 10pm. There was no hurry. People expected it to take time. And we developed the habit, once people had received communion, of going back to our places and being still and quiet for several minutes. I remember discovering that the silence after communion was rich and close and loving, like the firm and gentle embrace of a lover. Christians in other traditions had probably known this all along. My own background hadn't prepared me for it, but I learned to love those post-communion silences, and I still do. And that has nudged me into thinking of other ways in which a framed silence can be just what we need. At the small-scale level, some Christians read the Psalms with a pause between the two halves of the verse. This can become simply a liturgical nervous twitch, but it can also be a way of stopping long enough to let the two halves of the verse resonate against one another, sometimes producing something else, a hidden mystery in between. The same thing can happen when you have two scripture readings with a pause either in between or afterwards or both. The pause isn't simply for, as we say, cognitive reflection. In other words, for thinking hard about what those passages mean. That's important too. But the silence can also be the time for a sense of presence. The presence of Jesus himself especially following a gospel reading. This can be expanded again into the structure of good liturgy. Of course, it's no good simply stopping in the middle of a service and hoping that silence will suddenly work. People will wonder what's going on. Part of the joy of good silence is that nobody is wondering anything. Nobody is worried about who's in charge, whether the organist has gone to sleep or whatever. The worshippers need to be led gently into silence not bombarded with things to think about, apart from what the liturgy has already given them. Telling people what to do or think in the silence is a way of not trusting the Holy Spirit. If the liturgy has been prepared properly, 
The Spirit will do what the Spirit will do, perhaps quite different things for different people, certainly not under the control of whoever's leading the service. The important thing, perhaps particularly in the modern world, which is so full of noise and phones and text messages and so on, is a kind of rinsing out of the memory and the imagination. Imagine a world where none of that noise happened, where you could listen for the wind, for distant birdsong, for God. Imagine that world. Find ways of opening yourself to it. Find ways of worshipping together with others and opening yourselves together to it. And as you do, pray for all those on your hearts that God will break through the noise of the world and the noise of their lives and bring them, awestruck and silent, into his presence. And so we pray. Gracious Father, give us the joy of knowing your presence in the silence. Help us, when we need to, to refrain from words, to leave the noise behind, and to be still and know that you are God. In Jesus' name, amen.